You found it! A Scoop of Life is a podcast produced by Square One World Media and features Cheryl Coop as host and storyteller. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast called A Scoop of Life. My name is Cheryl Coop, and I'm thankful that you have taken time to listen. This podcast is a mix of one of my personal stories, sometimes a funny one and sometimes a more serious one, together with music from Canadian musicians, and then concludes with a brief spiritual insight. I hope that as you listen, you not only enjoy it, but sense God's deep love for you and how your story can intersect with his. And now, enjoy the show. The title of this episode is Grade 8. Sometimes growing up happens more quickly than you thought it would. For grade 7, I needed to move to a larger school that was quite a bit further from my home than my elementary school was. This meant meeting new people, navigating my way around the new space, and learning how to take a school bus to and from school. Thankfully, the learning went well, and by grade 8, I felt completely at home in junior high. In grade 7, a large group of students came from an elementary school in the far northeast corner of the city, and several young guys from this group became friends of mine. They were a lot of fun, adventurous, helpful, and liked to hang out with me and my friends. Clay was from that group, and at first seemed to be a little quieter than the others. However, once you got to know him... He displayed a great sense of humor, pulled intelligent pranks, was interested in a wide variety of things, and was extremely kind. We became close friends, and when grade 8 started, we were assigned to be desk partners in our home classroom. Both Clay and I were excited that we could share a desk and that our lockers were close to one another, for this allowed for connects throughout the day beyond homeroom time. Clay's friendship was one of the reasons the first semester of grade 8 was so joy-filled and fabulous. So it was with heavy hearts that we said goodbye to one another as we left school for Christmas break. We knew that for almost two weeks we wouldn't see one another, and in those days that seemed like an eternity. However, we vowed that we would do our best to have lots of stories to tell one another from our Christmas break and looked forward to seeing one another in the new year. Clay headed home on his bus and I on mine. That was Friday, December 20th. The next morning, the phone rang at our home and my mom answered it. She was really quiet for a long time and then called me to come to take the phone. She stood really close to me while I took the phone. It was hard to understand the voice on the other end, but soon I did and recognized it as the mom of one of my friends from school. She wanted me to know that Clay had been killed the night before in a hit-and-run accident. I don't remember hanging up the phone, but do remember turning to my mom, being tightly embraced by her, and crying and crying and crying. The sobbing lasted for a long time, and I could not believe what I had heard. How could Clay be dead? We had just said goodbye at the bus stop the day before and talked with one another about our Christmas break and how we looked forward to seeing one another in the new year. Now, I would never see Clay again. 
I wouldn't be able to laugh at all his silly antics or pranks. I wouldn't be able to count on him helping me with a myriad of things. I wouldn't have Clay as a friend anymore. My heart was broken. The death of a friend was so new to me and I did not know what to do. Soon the phone was ringing incessantly and friends were calling to confirm if the news was true that Clay had died. It was all a bit much for me after a while, and so my mom answered the calls, letting my friends know what she knew, offering words of comfort as only she could, and then telling me who had called. The next two days were like a fog. I remember eating some, sleeping some, crying lots, and having friends come and go as we mourned the loss of a friend. Our grief was compounded by the news that the driver who hit Clay had been drunk, was returning home from a Christmas office party, and didn't even realize that they had hit someone. How could that happen to Clay? He was just out doing his job of delivering papers and did not deserve to die, especially at the hands of a drunk driver. This was not right, and this was not fair. Then December 23rd was upon us, and it was time for Clay's funeral. I remember walking into the foyer of the church and seeing all my friends. We were like zombies walking around, not knowing how to act, what to say, or how to approach an open casket and look at our friend's body. And especially how not to weep so loudly that Kleenex could not contain our tears or our deep wails. I'm sure the funeral service was meaningful. However, I could not keep my eyes off of Clay's family his dad, his mom, brothers and sister, wondering how they must feel, saying goodbye to him, and especially so close to Christmas. At this point, there were more questions than answers, and God was hearing them on an ongoing basis. Once the funeral was over, I remember my dad driving me home, and I was unable to have any conversations about all that had transpired. Once home, Mom gave me lots and lots of hugs and reminded me of her prayers and that any time I needed to cry or talk that she and Dad were there for me. I sensed their deep love and concern for me and was grateful for it, but could not process any of my grief with them at that time. God and I were still in conversation, but it was mostly me yelling at him, asking questions or crying. Christmas came and went. The new year began, and then it was time to head back to school. I dreaded it because Clay would not be there, and the seat beside me at the desk would be empty. It was hard to get into the rhythm of school once again. However, over time, the rhythm returned, and so did moments of joy and laughter. However, the grief over losing Clay was very close to the surface, and so were the tears. Being together with friends was helpful, because we all missed him and could talk about the hole in our friendship group now that Clay wasn't there. Everything had changed for me that grade eight year, and I felt like the death of a friend somehow had aged me. Now, 35 years later, I realized that this first experience of grief involving a peer of mine marked me differently than the other deaths I had experienced at that age, for they were all very old extended family members. And this was the first one that involved not only a dear friend, but someone who was the same age that I was. Since that first encounter with death and grief at such a personal level, there have been many, many more deaths. Each circumstance of loss different from this one, 
yet each one leaving an imprint on my heart of love, loss, and how to reorient to the new normal, as well as wondering if joy in life would ever return. Just four weeks ago, I said goodbye to my brother. He was 20 years older than me, and we shared a living space for the first four and a half years of my life. However, over our lifetime together, we grew beyond siblings and became friends. He was kind, helped me with many things, encouraged me, caused me to laugh, and was interested in what my life was all about. Death, grief. They are a part of the rhythm of life. With my experiences of grief in grade 8, and now just a few weeks ago, more often than not, many questions come that seem not to have answers. However, the presence of loving family and friends, together with the presence of a loving God by His Holy Spirit, is a comfort. To know that God can handle all my emotions and questions was, and is, something that has become more valuable over time, and brings peace that I can't understand. The song, A Better Resurrection by Steve Bell, is the call of one overcome by grief, loneliness, and other emotions of suffering. Steve Bell is a friend and former ministry colleague of mine. I thank him for allowing me to share his music. Steve Bell is a Canadian songwriter, storyteller, and troubadour for our time. I have no wit, no words, no tears, my heart within me like a stone. Is numb too much for hopes and fears Look left, look right, I dwell alone I lift mine eyes but dimmed with grief No everlasting hills I see My life is like a faded leaf Oh Jesus, quicken me Oh Jesus, quicken Like a faded leaf, my harvest dwindled to a husk. Truly, my life is void and brief, and tedious in the barren dusk. My life is like a frozen thing, no bud, no greenness do I see. Yet, rise it shall the sap of spring. Oh, Jesus, rise in me. Oh, like a broken bowl, a broken bowl that cannot hold one drop of water for my soul or cordial in this searching cold. Cast in the fire this perishing thing, melt and remold it till it be a royal cup for him, my king. Oh, Jesus, drink of me. Jesus, drink of me.
How do you tell people around the world about Jesus? A missionary traveled to a remote area in Paraguay only to find that the people had already heard all about Jesus on the radio. They were eager to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Media reaches every corner of the globe. Why not use it to spread the message of hope through Jesus Christ? To help us spread the gospel, visit squareoneworldmedia.com. I have no idea what the rhythm of your life is these days. However, I do know that even with the promise of hope that comes from knowing Jesus Christ, sometimes grief is so deep that hope, joy, and peace seem elusive. David in the book of Psalms in the Old Testament of the Bible was facing a time of great grief, and this is part of his conversation with God in Psalm 30, verses 8 to 12. I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, What will you gain if I die, if I sink into the grave? Can my dust praise you? Can it tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. It seems that in David's time of crisis and grief, he found a way to come to the assurance that God was present and in time would turn his mourning into joy. David found that honestly conversing with God, then allowing room for praise of God and eventually gratitude to God, were the journey to joy and dancing after a long period of grief. There can be a better resurrection for our bodies and souls. My hope and prayer is that you will be encouraged by knowing that grief is a part of life, that it often presents more questions than answers, and in time, mourning can be replaced by joy. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will let me know not only what you think of the show, but also something that may have resonated with you, made you laugh, or encouraged you. You can contact me via the website www.ascoopoflife.com or on Facebook or Instagram under A Scoop of Life. However, let me spell that for you, because you may think S-C-O-O-P, like an ice cream, but it is www.askoopoflife.com, like in my nickname, Scoop. I would love to hear from you. My team here at Square One World Media and I enjoyed producing this episode, and I hope you will come back and listen to more episodes as they are loaded on www.ascoopoflife.com. Mm-hmm.